Thank you so much for joining us. Janine, welcome to the podcast. Thank you girls for having me. I'm excited um, to be here. Obviously, we had conversations off the, 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 the recording and I'm in love with her accent. And I feel like when people come on the podcast that don't have an accent, that's how they feel about mine. So <laughs> I, yeah, I love her accent. I want to steal it. However, um, it comes with me everywhere. How is New York? How's the weather up there? How are you? How are things? I'm fine now that my kids are back in school. That was fucking brutal, man. Holy <laughs> shit. Things I never want to be in life. A teacher. <laughs> Ever. Ever. God bless all the teachers. I, I have such a fondness for teacher, for teacher Appreciation Week. Just yep. leave me out of it, man. I'll make the lunches. <laughs> I'll do the homework. Just leave me out of the car- the core, the common core. Oh, how All old are your kids? Like, what grades are they in? So I have one boy, Joseph. He's ten, so he's in fifth grade, and my little one is in first grade. But when the pandemic started, he had just went to kindergarten, so he was in kindergarten, oh. and that's when you make your friends, and oh, you know. Yeah. He said, like, he missed out on all of that. I'm trying to do, like, set up virtual play dates and stuff like that. I, what? I, what? <laughs> what is a fucking virtual play date? Stare at the phone a little longer. Talk to the people. Because <laughs> you are on the screen all day. Go ahead. Talk to your friends. It's just, it's, it was ridiculous. Oh, my God. Okay. Well, but I'm much better now that they're in school. I would say so. I know a lot of parents feel that way, including yeah. my, my father is, I'm the oldest of like six. So Lord God, help him, help him with all of that. Oh but no, yeah, this, so- would, this would have been birth control, man. All right. Thanks. We're good. Shop closed. Yeah. I'm going to snip those up. No more for me um I don't have kids thankfully um I love kids but I don't I don't want children anytime soon so because after this whole pandemic thing and and I'm watching all of these parents have to go through that shit bro I was like bless thank you Jesus ain't having yeah. kids meanwhile I'm homeschooling my nephew good luck with that oh. no 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 our, I wouldn't take anybody else's kids see, our county is so <laughs> Our county is awful with their school, with their, with how they're doing schooling right now. So my brother and I were like, my dad, my brother's a single father. And I'm like, all right, I'm gonna have to help you with this. We're gonna have to like, and then he, then he tore his MCL. So now he's out of work. So he doesn't have, then he gets to take care of all. How old is your nephew? He will be 10 in, no, he'll be not, how old is he? He'll be 10 in um December. So right. he's Joseph's age. If he needs some help carrying the one. And screwing shit up, he could join our Zoom call. Carrying the one and screwing. Oh yeah, no, we don't do any of that stuff that they tell you to do, like the seventeen different steps. Yeah. Nope. This is how you get the answer. I'm your teacher now. Carry the one. They laid this on my shoulders. We're gonna do it my way. That's it. <laughs> okay. So, common core. I hate common core. Janine's school of hard knocks. He's more than welcome. We're accepting students Monday through Friday. Oh my god, I love it. I can't promise that he won't come out cursing like a sailor, but he'll get an education of some sort. He'll know how to carry a one, by God. That's it. <laughs> okay, That's so hard. I'm going to let Stevie uh, start off the questions and let you do your thing, whatever. And I'm going to comment. I'm going to do commentary on the side. 
Oh, nice job. Thank you. Appreciate she it. She talks a lot. So <laughs> I talk a lot. So we're trying to kind of uh, minimize my talking. It doesn't work. It never fucking works. I listen to these and I'm like, Jesus fucking, somebody tell me to shut the fuck up. For real. I'm going to get on myself. So <laughs> we need Stevie to be the referee here. So For real, somebody tell me to shut the fuck up. Plus, there is a raise hand button on here. And I've, I've often told her I will raise my hand with this little button on Zoom. Oh, board. you guys didn't give me no tutorial. I don't know about no raise hand. I was, <laughs> I was raising my hand when I have an input. You didn't give me a Listen, tutorial. I'm just going to wave the paper when I have something to say. Okay? Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. All right. Stevie, take it away. Okay. So we're going to start with Drifter because that is book one in your New York, cha New York chapter of Satan's Nights. What, I want to know what led you to do the Dear Reader chapter. Okay. So, um. When I first started the Satan's Nights, so the first actual time we read them is in the Tempted series. And the first book where we really get into the club is called Uncontrollable Temptations. And I did not know a fucking thing about bikers or how they spoke or anything like that. Like I was new to the scene, didn't know what the fuck I was getting into. <laughs> So I was like, all right, I'm going to write a biker book now. Yeah, let's go. <laughs> so um, the only actual experience I've ever had at that point was when my mother's cousin died. I had gone to his funeral and I had no idea he was part of some sort of club. I didn't even know if he, it's actually to this day, I don't even know if he was a member or if he was just a friend. Yeah. But they all came and they all stood at his you know, at his wake, like at attention, like they were guarding his, you know, casket. Yeah. And um, I went off of that. Like that, that would, that was, that was the only thing I knew. And that's what we went with. <laughs> but with Drifter, with the Dear Reader, I wanted to make it known that like, you know, this was going to be different than what I had written already. This wasn't going to be about the mob. It wasn't going to be about, um, it you know, my, like I told you guys earlier, my first series was very fluffy and um, I said, I don't, I didn't know what the fuck I was doing. So it was just basically fluff. Yeah. This was not going to be that. And I felt like I needed to warn people that this is what you're getting. Don't come at me after you read the book and said, I wasn't expecting that. Or I was, you know, this is what I signed up for. Here it is. It's going to take you for a ride. Can you handle it? Keep reading. Can't handle it. Not your jam. Shut the book. I need to do that. I need to go back in love and hockey and do a dear reader because I write sports romance. And when I say that, automatically people are like, oh, rom-com. And I'm like, nope, take it back. Back, 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 back. It's not funny. It's going to make you cry. Please don't, please don't read this if you're looking to laugh. Okay. The funny thing about that is that for a long time, while I was writing those books, the Dear Reader kept, like people kept talking about the Dear Readers and how much they liked them. Yeah. So I kept including them in the books. And I think I, um, I stopped, I forgot where I stopped doing it. Maybe with um, shifting gears and stuff like that, because it, found, it sounded repetitive to me. Yeah. But like, if there is a certain point where like a book really hit me, like I know with Walking the Line, which was the uh, 13th book in that series, that one touched very close to home. And I felt like I needed to write that to my readers. I needed to let them know how much this book broke me. I'm sorry. And I brought it back. I but have like a trigger warning thing where it's like, 
you know, this deals with like sensitive topics, yada, yada, yada. But I'm gonna do like a dear reader. So I can just be like, please don't read this if you're, if you are coming from Sarah Nye's books, because I am not that kind of funny. Yeah, no, I wanted them to know that th this was a different side of me. I wasn't changing the pen name because I didn't even know that existed. You know, <laughs> so, we were just gonna, we were gonna go a different route. We were gonna see if we liked this ride and, you know, knock wood. It was very, you know. So my question is, is have you like delved more into like the MC world since like riding them? Like, have you watched Sons of Anarchy? Have you interviewed people in a motorcycle club? Yes. So um, I've gotten very involved with Bikers Against Child Abuse. Mm -hmm. um, they, I've actually sat in on their meetings and stuff because they are, uh, I also host the Tempted to Tantalizing author event in Staten Island, New York, and they are the charity of choice that I donate to. Oh so I've been able to go in and sit in on their meetings and I've, I've actually questioned them because one of my books deals with Baca and what they do. It's mm -hmm. called uh, Breaking, Breaking the Chains. And uh, they were able to, I was able to interview them. I have watched Sons of Anarchy. I couldn't get into Mayans the first two seasons. Yeah. Loving this season though. I, I love, okay. So I love Sons of Anarchy. I have a friend of mine who is in an, in an, like an MC, like it's a veteran MC. And I was actually going to look it up and figure out the name of it. But like, so I read Sons of Anarchy and then met this guy at this bar. We're friends now. They call him Snacks because I don't, it's a long story, but they call him Snacks anyways. And he's telling me all of these things. He's like, listen, it is not like Sons of Anarchy. Let me just like clarify. <laughs> okay telling me like all of these cool things however i do love sons of anarchy Jax teller and opie are the loves of my life i love opie but and i do and i agree with you on the minds i haven't watched the new season though so no spoilers very good and i think that has to do with the writing because kurt sutter was fired from or, or well, i don't know if he was fired take that back retract that edit that out cut that out <laughs> he was he did something he, he was, he's no longer part of the show yeah and um Which, okay i was a little sad when i heard that mostly just because i knew he had a plan to write the original redwoods like the original six and then he was also gonna write a spinoff of abel and thomas and i and i if i don't get that i'm gonna riot i'm gonna well i think that's what the difference is i think that they needed to get other people in the mayans is completely different than sons of anarchy yeah like like it legitimately if I don't pay I have to watch each episode three times to actually know what the hell happens because I feel like I miss things all the time mm -hmm. and I think that they needed more people that are um familiar with those I think that he was like stuck with the Sons of Anarchy like he had those characters mm -hmm. in his head and he was trying to form this new club to fit that narrative and I think that's where like the creativeness kind of took a dive yeah I get it I get it but yeah, so that was my question. I just wanted to know. Yeah, yeah that's amazing. That's awesome. <laughs> um, so Drifter was a veteran with PTSD. What was the inspiration behind the book? Because the story was finding beauty in darkness and survival. So I, there was no actual, like I wasn't inspired by anything really. I just wanted to tell... When I first started writing, the first book I wrote, 
dealt with real life issues. And that kind of became the mantra of my writing style. I'm not going to like write about something. I had to write a, I was part of some sort of anthology where I had to write a stripper, a male stripper. Okay. And I don't know anything about being a male stripper. I don't know what, like what drives a man to just okay. be a stripper. Like <laughs> there's no other aspirations there. Your yeah. mother didn't tell you to go take the city test in case life threw you a curveball. <laughs> you know, like go be a garbage man, a fireman, something. We're just going to rip off our clothes. Actually, he probably is a fireman at some point. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> so the whole thing is that I, I try to incorporate the most realist uh, of circumstances. And I think that a lot of the times they're glossed over. So I wanted to give a real interpretation, my interpretation of what somebody who went through what Gina went through and what Stryker went through. I wanted to put my put that in my own words. And it just just flowed. Just flowed I think it's so I literally had this conversation the other day with somebody because I, I donated, I saw this play this thing outside of my grocery store where you like donate to like homeless veterans and stuff. Isn't that the saddest shit you've ever heard in your life? Like, could I, I genuinely, I personally do not have any close relatives that are in the military or have been in the military. However, I could not imagine how shitty it must be to go over to wherever, fight for whatever, go through war, get shot at and shit, and then come back home and then be homeless. There's a guy that, where I, uh, my post office, and uh, he's, he's a veteran and he's in front of the post office every day on a, on a crate, on a milk crate with a cardboard sign. And I, I, my heart breaks. I mean, he holds the door for me when I bring the package oh. in. I mean, I just like, you could just tell that he is such a good person. Yeah. What happened? And you just look at him and you're like, what happened? Like even, he even touches my son because around Christmas time, we made, my son wanted to go. Um, we do like a one good deed just to yeah. somebody. And uh, we went to, when we first found him there a couple of times, you know, you, you get sketchy. You don't know if it's real, if someone's posing as this or if, yeah. you know, what the scenario is. We went and we bought him a gift card to the supermarket and Joseph gave it to him. And then Joseph wanted to go buy him a lotto ticket. <laughs> and he says, here, I hope you have really good luck. And he gave him the lotto ticket. He didn't win. But, you know, you just, even somebody who's 10 years old can look at, look at you and say like, all right, well, you went to war, you fought for us, so. Yeah, it's just, uh, it literally, it bugs the shit out of me. It bugs the immortal shit out of me that that is even a charity we have to donate to, that yeah. people are taken care of when they get back from defending us overseas. It's just, it blows my Sacrifice that they give. Yeah, and, and people who do come back and aren't homeless probably are so mentally, like, like drained because of the PTSD from that. Yeah. I can't, I can't. That's that was Stryker. Yeah. I will tell you when we since we're talking about both of them and both their um, their problems. When it came to writing uh, Gina's chapter where she has to deal with her situation, yeah, I procrastinated that chapter for days, days, and then I, I had to I had to I had to go away. Yeah. And I read, oh my God, I, I'm never going to finish this book. I have to finish this book before I go away. What am I going to do? And then I just sat there and I wrote that, that scene in 10 minutes. It just, mm -hmm. then it just came to me. It's short. It's to the point, And it's, I, I 
my personal opinion is that it's powerful without going into such great, great detail about yeah. what happened to her. I mean, I have PTSD, not from war. I just, I've never been to the, in the military, but I can, I don't even know to have, I don't even like it, it literally, I feel so sorry for people who have PTSD from the military. Cause I could never imagine. Cause I know how mine is and mine isn't even from something like the fucking military. I can right. never imagine. Also, P.S. You have you heard of a Five Finger Death Punch? I have. They're a band, right? Yes. If you okay, so you write MC and you write that kind of thing. Like, listen to them. All of their songs. That's all they're about is like veterans with PTSD and like MCs and all of that shit. Really, I have to put that on my playlist. I'm literally gonna. I'll send you like links to like their most known songs. But yeah, like all of their songs are about veterans or like MCs that kind of vibe. Super good. I'd appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah, no problem. Moving on. See, look, tangent, tangent. <laughs> I'm okay. <Every> episode. <laughs> uh, all right, so we're gonna move to the to my fa- one of my favorite books because I'm a huge Maverick fan. <laughs> like I'm obsessed with Maverick. <laughs> <laughs> so that's forsaking all others so for people who have not read this can you give them a little bit of a synopsis oh, look, fancy so, words. so i love the mature couple mm-hmm. i love 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 the couple that has been has experienced life don't have time for games none of that bullshit not i'm gonna all right it's three days i'm gonna call hot it out in three days fuck that shit no yes i i don't i really I cringe when I write that stuff kind of stuff but the mature couple Maverick and Holly I think they rock they rock it so Maverick is the president of the North Carolina Charter of the Saints Knights and he was married to Holly who um was he well he met her through his brother she was like the girl next door she came to the clubhouse one day he mm-hmm. told her to come back when you're 18 and then she did and then that was it they were just together i love a good age gap i love oh, a good age gap no she's not they're not they're, they're not they're, they're not there's no age gap there this is how they met the so this is second chance romance okay so i'm just giving you the back their backstory because okay, you well, don't I see that. that you don't see that in the book you just see them divorced okay so they start off divorced and um i love that co-parenting we love it. She's we love it. remarried. He's sitting at her kitchen table and he just never got over her. And she really, she, as much as she tried to move on with her life, she never got over him either. She, he will, there, there's a lot of um, twin flame, talk of twin flame and how you meet your soulmate. And then, you know, sometimes it don't go right. You just don't connect, get it off, hit it off right. Whatever the case may be is it didn't work for them. Yeah. And they had to move on, but that that love was still there for them. Yeah. Just because you know you're not with your twin flame doesn't mean that they're not your twin flame. Right. Right. And that's that's the premise of what you know, forsaking all others. Would you say, wouldn't you am I missing something, Steve? No, no, no. I, I don't he, want to No, that was perfect. <laughs> I'm just a cute like I love that book. I'm gonna have to I, love Maverick. I loved writing Maverick. In fact, at some, there was like some points where I says to myself, while I was writing the book, I wouldn't have minded so much if it was totally from his point of view. Ooh, yeah. I love the male POV. 
Love so that. do I. Love I, I like having both. I do like having both because yeah. then like I'll be reading and you'll be like, all right, well, what's she thinking during all of this? She can't be going around, you know, going along <laughs> with it. What the fuck is wrong with her? Right. And then the next chapter, it's her point of view. And you're like, oh, all right. You're, I'm you're not perfect. A you know? I, but see, when I'm writing, though, like, I would much rather write a male's POV than I would a woman's. Uh, it's so much easier for it, me. It's harder if you don't connect with the woman. Like, if, you, if, you, if you're trying to get into the head of somebody else that you've never been, you've never been that girl. Yeah. Very hard mm-hmm. to be, like, right now, it is, I'm writing the second book in um, this series, Love is Blind. And she's blind. Yeah, and you've never been blind. I've never been blind. So I'm yes. like, where does she put her hands? <laughs> and, she, and I'm just sitting there and I'm stressing over every single thing. I'm like, well, she can't gaze into his eyes. She, you know, <laughs> what am I supposed to do? <laughs> and that's why I'm like, all right, back to his point of view. Oh, God. I, oh, but, but, I but I like the challenge. I like being able to tell that story not and trying to do it with a realistic perspective. Yeah. You know, I get so I'm sitting there and I'm researching and I'm, you know, I'm closing my eyes and what I'm talking. Like I'm, you know, and I'm trying to get into her character, but I find it very, very, very hard if I've never been in that situation to portray that. Is a video on YouTube. I'll also send you the link to that. I watched it the other day and it's like a hundred blind people tell us what it's like to be blind. And Please. Like, I'll send it to you. <laughs> I'll send it to you. And then they're like one right after that is like a hundred blind people tell us like you find the, the video of how a blind person reacts in the bedroom. I'd appreciate that too. I'll try and find it. I'll try and find it. I'll try and find it. Thank you. You're welcome. You're welcome. Next question, Stevie. So Love is Blind is currently up for pre-order and due out June 11th as of right now. That's right. Yeah. Has it been moved? <laughs> no, it could be moved if I don't get this girl down bad. It could get moved, but yes. So what now. can fans expect besides the fact that she is going to be blind in this book? So a fan, fans spoke early like when the readers started getting copies of forsaking all others the arcs they wanted ghost story ghost was not supposed to be written now it was supposed to be shady next which yeah. is Matt's brother but they spoke and he was talking loud to me too while i was writing forsake like there was a lot of ghosts when there should have been other people <laughs> that there should have been, he should have been having a conversation with king instead of ghost and that's how king got the weight got into his predicament <laughs> so, so they started talking and ghost has a very tragic background he um he lost his infant daughter mm. and so he's very like misguided but uh he has a good heart he has a good heart and you see that like as much of a badass as he is or he portrays himself to be he's really soft when it comes to other people yeah. He just doesn't want to get himself hurt again. He doesn't want to go through that kind of loss again. He doesn't want to connect to anybody because everything he touches just fades. Give me the dark one with like a shit pass. That's my favorite. That's that's my favorite. I also love a good grumpy. You know, he reminds me even like his look for the cover of Opie. Ah! Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord Jesus. Like I'm going. <laughs> 
He does. I, I, like, even the mannerisms and the way he talks. Yes, Lord Jesus. Lord, yes. When I will never, ever, obviously, spoilers, if you've never read Sons of Anarchy, skip this, like, next two seconds. I will never forgive Kurt Sutter, ever, for that. Yeah. I'll never forgive him. No, I, I, I cry every time I watch it. Yeah, and the thing is, though, is obviously if you've watched all of Sons of Anarchy, you know how it ends. I didn't even cry. I mean, I saw that shit coming. I knew he was going to. When Tara, dot, when Tara, you know, whatever, I almost said it, when she, you know, does whatever she does, I, I knew he was not going to last the whole thing or whatever. So I saw it coming. No, not with this one. I, I will never forgive them for that, ever. Oh, my God. And it's so sad how it fucking happens. And they got to do it right in front of Jax. And it's like, oh. All their faces. I know. Too. Watching it, even Tiggs. And he's right, and he's looking at him, and he's dead ass looking at him in his eyes. And it's like, oh my God, what a way to go. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, never forgive them for that. So, yeah, I might have to read this for like a redemption in my heart. (laughs) I don't know about any redemption. I didn't say he lives. Oh oh my God, don't do me like that. Don't don't give me. I didn't say anything about that. I said I was having a difficult time. I said he he has the same mannerisms. I didn't say he didn't end up the same way he did. Oh my God, listen to me. Don't don't get me attached and then do me like that. (laughs) Oh, Oh, I love doing that though. (laughs) Oh God, this is going to fuck me up. I just know it. I just know it. Okay. All right. Moving forward from the slight panic attack I just had. Okay, so if you could pick any one of your books to become a movie, which one would you choose and why? Okay, I would choose Blackout. Mm-hmm. And um, so Blackout, that there's your age gap. MJ, you wanted an age gap. Yes, Blackout is a the second book that I wrote of Lacey and Blackie. Mm-hmm. And um, I think it's book, it's book nine in the Satan's Night series. So it was originally written as a duet. There was two parts to it. And it was just supposed to be a small story to catch them up, catch people up from what happened in Lethal Temptations, which was in the Tempted series. Yeah. But it can be read as a complete standalone. And it tells, there was so much story to tell going back into them. I think that it would send a super message that is very, in my opinion, ignored in this country which is mental illness. I think that that is important. Preach and I think that there is enough uh, exposure to that. I think we gloss over it too much. I think we turn a cheek to it too much. Yeah. Same thing with drug addiction and alcoholism. Mm-hmm. And all of those topics are covered in Blackout. And uh, I think that that for the message that it would send alone that's the reason why i would make it into a movie also i love blackie he's right up there with maverick for me i've written like four books on blackie i just can't cheat (laughs) he's my favorite he's i love him (laughs) i love love that though i i also agree that mental health is like a subject that i feel like is super glossed over it's like one of those things where it's like we talk you can talk about it but only in like a small portion like don't talk like talk about it, but don't talk about it in too much detail because then it's too much. You're talking about it too much, right? A lot of people who talk about it just talk about it to talk. They think that they're supposed to talk about it. I don't think many people understand what they're even talking about. Oh yeah, and I mean, yeah. if you notice, like people who do that, it's always <coughs> about like the good about the mental health, like what to like, like the good days that you have when like you're going through your mental the highs, health, right? 
and the happiness. And it's like nobody, nobody, you don't see somebody like, you know, talking on, you know, their Instagram about how they're feeling right now in this low because lows nope. are shit, bro. Nobody wants to see that. Nobody wants to, nobody wants to peel back the curtain of what mental health actually looks like. The 4 a.m. wake up calls because you can't go back to sleep and you have to sit in your shower and you're crying your eyes out and you don't want to get out of bed. Like nobody wants to see that. Nobody wants to hear about that. And it's like, no. and it's, people are embarrassed to admit it too. People yeah, oh, feel- bitch, I ain't. I got mad. I got maddish. <laughs> but, but some people do. They feel shunned, and I think that they feel shunned by it because of, um, you know, people. Maybe they've gone to somebody that they're close to, and they hold them all right. Well, I, you know, I'm having trouble, and they're like, oh, we'll snap out of it. Suck it up. Snap it's, out of it. Suck but it you up. Can't up your big girl panties all the time. Oh. And you know, just do it. So, and I think that I think it's very important. I think that it's. It's horrible that it's not, there's not enough light brought to the uh, topic. I think that people just need to realize that it's okay to not be okay. Like you don't yes. have to, even if you don't have like a severe mental illness, like even if you just have a shit day where you need to take a health, mental health day, got a lot of shit riding on you. It's okay to not have to snap out of it or suck it up or rub some dirt on it and keep moving. Like you can pause, you can cry and you can be upset because you're a human being and that's all right. And it's okay not to be all right. And I feel like that's what a lot of people miss is that everybody feels like they have to be okay all of the time and it's not plausible. And uh-huh. ugh, it stresses me out. And then on top Especially of that, now after this year. Oh yeah. And I think that people, you know, people that were perfectly fine, that were living ideal lives that, you know, they were completely happy in every aspect. They got, their lives got thrown upside down and maybe for the first time they're experience depression or, or whatever you know and they're not used to dealing with that there's no resources to those people mm-hmm. children yep. children for example my son five years old doesn't you know cried for weeks that he had no friends he yeah. was stuck in the house all the time yeah. he was depressed i didn't know how to help him he's five yeah you know what i'm saying there aren't resources for that people don't think about that all the time and i think you know, they're, they're quick to say, all right, I'll take a Xanax and wake up calling me in the morning. No, it's, it's not like that. Yeah. I I, that's that's why I think Blackout should be a movie. I think that it would speak to people that are suffering in silence. Yeah. Oh my God, I love it. <laughs> my heart. I love books like that. That's how I write my books. So it's like, yeah, I love it. Cheers to that. Cheers to opening mental health. And then people wonder why. People wonder why suicide is like a thing in this country. And yeah. then- or addiction or overdose and all of that stuff and all of that is tied into blackout you know it all you know goes hand in hand sometimes absolutely absolutely i agree okay moving forward so who would play who would you cast as the roles in that movie uh jason momoa as blackie i'm here for it already sign me up lord it's always been he has always been the muse for blackie from the beginning from before like when I first, there was, when I was writing Uncontrollable Temptations, that's when we introduced Blackie Moore into the, the scene. And there was one line that I still remember that I had given my best friend at the time. I said, all right, read this. What do you think? And it was, I know drugs, I know alcohol, I know their worth and their consequence. And when I wrote that line, mm-hmm. I pictured Jason Momoa with his hair hanging in his face, lifting his head, 
and saying those exact words. And that just became, that just took off. Like that was blocky. I had to find somebody with hair. I had to do it. <laughs> you know, we had to have long hair. That's how Nick Bennett came into the picture. And that has always been the mantra for him. So yes, Jason Momoa. And when I think of Lacey, I think of Mila Kunis. Yes. Nice. I love her. I love him. Oh my God. He's so attractive. So handsome. <laughs> Had to show her paper. Yeah, she had to show her paper. Yes, and Mila Kunis is gorgeous, and she's a great actress. Yes, I'm excited for her new film. Actually, she has a new film. Yeah, she's got a new film coming out where she's an addict or something, either or mental health issue. There was something I don't remember what it was, and uh, I forgot who plays her mother. I saw the coming attractions, <gasps> and Four when I so I forgot that uh, three days, just three days, something like that. When I saw the trailer i had already thought of her as like she would be the perfect lacy but yeah the acting like that three you know 30 seconds of acting that like she would have been a great lacy it's called four good days and i just yes up. holy shit like the image of her like uh doesn't even look like her. doesn't even look like her a it totally looks like somebody who's on drugs like hard drugs like heroin that looks yeah. like my mom when I was growing up. So that's that's well done if it's heroin. I'll tell you that. <laughs> so, um, yeah, but yeah, no. I, I didn't even know she was having a movie like that. I need to watch it. I need to watch it. I'm going to watch it. I don't um, know where it's going to be in the movies or what now. But I, I'm trying to find... I wanted to go see it myself. It wasn't in the movie theater yet here. When is the release date? I know. I'm like... when like April when 30th. 2021. It's already out. It's already out. Yeah, it's not playing in New York, though. Oh, well, it's not playing in Staten Island. I oh. think it's playing in Brooklyn or something like that. It's limited, in- like it wasn't in every theater, so. Yeah, it's like limited number theaters. It's playing, it's playing about 30 minutes from my house, and I will go see it there. <laughs> yeah, it looks great. It looks fantastic. I'm gonna have to watch it. Okay. Stevie, are you done with your book questions? Yeah, so you can get right on into writing questions. Okay, ma'am, entering the writing portion of the podcast. Um, when did you first realize that you wanted to be a writer? Oh, young, young. When I was, um, I want to say like when I was 12, I started writing a screenplay. And I've written actually, um, by the age of 18, I had written about six screenplays. I was supposed to go to the New York Academy of Film. And then, um, you know, life, life happened and I did and I changed my court, you know, my path. Yeah. But I've always wanted to be a screenwriter. I've I not, love that. You know, I have not had that answer on the podcast yet. Yeah, I've always wanted to be a screen. I want to be part of the Screen Actors Guild. I went when I was 18. I went to my, my uncle Johnny. He lived in California. He lived in Hollywood and he used to work for uh, the props department. I mean, mm. I don't know exactly what he did, to be fair. Uh, <laughs> I know that, like, my grandmother used to get shipments of, of pots, televisions, and they all <laughs> fell off the truck of the props department. So, I mean, we used to get all these things delivered to the house. And then I said, all right, well, I'm going to go to California to be with Uncle Johnny for two weeks. And okay. I was like, oh, well, I don't know if you should do that. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I went to California and I, I even like contemplated moving there at one point, but it just, it never happened. And then when I was 30, 
I said, well, you know what? I, I did a, I did a lot of things, but I never went back to writing, mm -hmm. you know, and I want to write again. And I was, I had fallen back in love with reading, you know, that was always like a big thing for me. I remember when I was a little girl, my mother and I used to read together. She used to lay on the sofa and I used to lay on the love seat and she used to read her book and I used to read my book and I used to go, mommy, what page are you on? And, um, I stopped reading, you know, like when I got older, who wanted to read, I wanted to go to the club and shoot the shots, 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 shots. You know, <laughs> I wanted to sit there with my mother on the couch and read. I wanted to hold my hair when I was throwing up when I came home. Um, and she did. She laid on the couch with her book waiting for me. And um, then after I, ha I got married, my sister-in-law loved to read and she brought me into the indie world and she showed me I didn't even know that there were indie authors or anything like that yeah and she showed me that uh there were so many books that people were self-publishing and then I fell back in love with reading and I said you know what I'm gonna write a book so that's how it happened I love that that's such a unique story we haven't had one like that yet so oh I'm so happy see I'm like a kudos to you for being unique <laughs> So are you a plotter, pantser, or are you somewhere in, the, in between and do planting? I fly by the seat of my pants until uh, the deadline is like looming over me and I'm drinking seven coffees a day. <laughs> then I have to like to wrap it all up. I'll plot like the last 10 chapters and then fly to the end. <sighs> Must I wish somebody teach me how to do that. It's, I it, it's stupid. It's stupid, like to just sit, like have no plan and just go with, with the voices in your head. I, I mean, but it, I can't sit there and plop things. Like it just doesn't work for me. But the, I have to always plop the last 10 chapters or so mm -hmm. because they won't get done then. Okay, so you're like a planter up to, you're yeah. like a plotter up to, you're a pantser until your deadline and then you become a plotter. Then I'm like, all right, fuck this. We got to move. Yeah, we got to get this shit moving. Yeah. Um, okay, so do you have any interesting writing quirks when you're, like, writing? Like, you have to, like, be eating Twizzlers or certain coffee? I do love Twizzlers, but no, I really don't. I just, <laughs> you know, it's hard, especially with um, the kids being home now, especially this year was just fucking horrible. Yeah. But to find writing time, I am a very, I'm very bad at managing my time very very bad i feel like i have all these balls in the air and i ain't juggling not one of them i'm just sitting there with a basket hoping to catch them you know <laughs> so if they fucking fall they fall man but i'm i'm really trying i'm moving like this side to side <laughs> basket. but i don't have any kind of system it's just let's just do this oh i got 10 minutes i'll write in the car oh you know what this thought came to me let me write it down <laughs> I'm in the shower. All right, kid, go get my iPad. Right Whatever down. works. Yeah. I mean, hey, obviously it's worked for you thus far. It has, but I think it's aged me too. <laughs> I think I got some more gray hair than that. And I you should. Don't, you don't look it. So there's that. Thank um, you. What do you like to do when you're not writing? Uh, I do like to read, but I find it very hard these days to read. I don't know. Nothing is just drawing me in um hmm. and I like to be with my kids because you know my kids even though I've seen them a lot this year <laughs> um <laughs> they they do take the brunt of it so like 
there'll be times when like they don't understand what working from home is. They see their dad go to work. They see their grandmother go to work. They see their grandfather go to work. And they think mommy's just, you know, playing with her books. Yeah. They have no idea that I'm sitting there trying to concentrate on how, you know, she's touching his chest if she can't see his chest, you know? <laughs> So like they don't know what's going on and they just think that I'm saying no or I'm not doing this. I'm not playing, you know, WrestleMania today because I'm sitting here trying to walk with a cane. Why are you walking with a cane? I don't know. <laughs> you know, so I feel like when I'm not working, I try to do some fun stuff with them. You know, we go to the trampoline park, we'll go to the park, they'll have their friends over, whatever. I'm just more hands-on with them. Have you, what do you like to read? Well, wait, that's like a, that's a reading question for Stevie, so don't answer that yet. However, I can give you some recommendations that maybe it'll be like, it'll pull you in, you'll want to read oh, it. Oh, God, here we go. Depending, <laughs> depending on what you like, depending on what you like. It, I can, have, it has to be realistic to me. Okay, I have an arsenal of my favorite authors, okay? So when we get to that point, I'll pimp them out. And maybe okay. I can convince you to read them. Somebody needs to hire my ass on because, <laughs> bro, I'm amazing at it. Wait, just wait. Okay. And my last writing question for you is what does your family think about your writing? Have they read your, have any of them read your books? I think my family thought it was a joke at first. <laughs> and I think my family is a little, uh, oh, well, this isn't going anywhere. Mm -hmm. Um, I, as far as being, they're all very supportive in their own way. They yeah. are supportive in their own way. I don't think that they completely understand it all the time, you know? Um, my father, he is a driver and he will tell anybody who gets in their car, might sort of look her up, she's an author, oh! right? Google her. But he, ha I mean, he has no idea what I write. So he's telling them to Google the sexy stories the daughter writes. So I'm in love with your dad. That's the sweetest. Go ahead. Look, she's on Google. Just put her in. Put her in your, put her in your phone. <laughs> That's my dad, except my dad is literally like, my dad jokes all the time that I'm in the porn industry because I yeah, like yeah. books. And he's like, oh, you're in the porn industry. But every single time I get on Facebook, he's made a post. He's like, oh, look published another book and like there's like a screenshot yeah. and he's like, like I, I don't think they actually know what they're pimping but they pimp it out like you know for example Paul went to the gas station and told the gas station oh yeah my wife she's an author she writes books look her up and the next day he went well a couple of weeks later he went in no I'm sorry it was probably a couple of months he went back in with the boys and the, they were buying something and the girl says I read your mommy's books Oh, my kids thought they were superstars at that point. <laughs> they were so impressed that this gas station lady came over to them. He called me, he text messaged me. Joseph, he said, mommy, this girl came up to me. She says she knows you, that she wrote, read your books. And I'll tell you another funny story. My mother went to the hospital. That's not the funny part. I don't remember what she went to the hospital for. But they checked her into the hospital and... They saw her name and she goes, she went to Janine. And she goes, yeah, well, what would you do? So she goes, no, I love her books. My mother put the, the nurse on the phone with me at the hospital. I don't remember why she was there. I think she was getting <laughs> testing done. But I'm sitting there conversa conversating with her about my books. I have no idea who she is. And it's just, it's pretty cool when things like that happen. And I yeah. think that's when they all realize, all right, well, 
you know, this ain't going anywhere. She's really doing this. Yeah, but start, exactly. I mean, because for it really did. It started off as just some fucking cockamamie idea, and I have them all the time. Like these crazy things just come to me. I'm like, I'm gonna do this, and everybody's like, all right, we're all gonna watch you do it. This is me. We are the same yeah. person. We are the same person. No. Um. So that is my last writing question, and Stevie's mm-hmm. gonna take reading questions, and then I'm gonna pimp out these people that I think that you might like, depending on what you enjoy reading. But I have to go use the bathroom because I have literally had to pee since the first question. <laughs> so I am going to pee Why, Stevie takes Well, kudos to your bladder for going this long, man. For real. I mean, it's impressive at this point. My, you should see my left foot, though. It's like bouncing. So I'm going to let Stevie take these questions and I'll be back in a jiffy. Okay. Bye-bye. Okay. So has a book ever changed your life? Um, you know, it's funny that you said that. I don't think a book has actually changed my life per se, but one has uh, stood out to me that I read in junior high school. I actually just made a post about it today on Facebook because I ordered it for my son to read. Uh, The Pig Man. I read it like in the seventh grade and I don't know, like now, even now, like 20 years later, I still remember that book and that I enjoyed it and I wanted him to read it. I, I I don't even know what it's about though, to be honest with you. I think it's about a neighbor, an old man, that these two teenage kids go and, uh, you know, befriend. I don't think I've ever read that. I read it and I'm so excited. I told him, I'll read it with you. Well, like my, like my mother did with me, mm-hmm. we'll read it together, I says. So, I mean, that book really stuck with me that I could remember that because I can't even tell you what the fuck I ate for breakfast today. <laughs> what is the book? I missed it. Big man. What is it? It's Pig Man. Pig Man. The Pig Man. It's a book I read in junior high school with uh like in you know english class and i just ordered it for my son because i i i saw that he was still reading these you know uh the wimpy kid books you're going to junior high school next year no more cartoons get the real book and um goosebumps oh i love goosebumps too rl stein was what started my entire obsession with all things scary you know what? I take it back. You want to know what book really changed me? Actually, okay. to make me love reading. That this I started- is the If you say what I think you're going to say. If you say the author, I think you're going to say, I'll vomit. V.C. Andrews. No, not who I was going to say you were saying. Okay. The, my cousin Michelle, my cousins are all older than me. My cousin Michelle, she's like 12 years older than me. And I remember going with her to, I used to do anything she told me to do. I thought she was the coolest thing. So she <laughs> took me to the library and she was reading these books, The Flowers in the Attic and all of that. And I, that's what started me. Those were the books that started me really reading like romance and whatnot. And really it was that book. So. All right. We have that book now. So you still, okay. Now what kind of books do you like to read? I'm not there yet. That was my, that's my third question. Wait, it's just with some of your favorite authors. I want to know what type of genres you like to read. You know what? Fine. I'll let you take it, Stevie. It's your section. You take it. Go ahead. <laughs> you made me throw my She's trying to throw. She's like, no, wait, I'm back. I, I relieved myself. I'm taking back over. <laughs> Shit. I'm just saying. Look, we had this all we had this crazy group chat with like four like four other authors at this point. I think there's what five of us in this group chat. Speaking of MCs, we have one. <laughs> yes, we have an MC group chat. This is what the, what happens here. But she is always so passive aggressive when she gets so excited. I'm not passive aggressive. Y'all just can't read the damn room. <laughs> no, but we have a we have an we have like an author MC called Daughters of Mercy. 
Uh-huh. And we all have like nicknames. And it was super funny because my nickname was still like, like on the Zoom call. So I had to change it back to MJ because my author name, my MC name is Deuce. And then hers is Wise Owl. <laughs> Mine is like, say Deuce. I was going to be like, why did you do that to yourself? <laughs> it's Deuce. And it's after uh, my favorite MC book ever. Uh, are you going to give me another recommendation? Maybe. Go ahead. You can, you can say no. who it is. Keep moving. Keep moving. So what attracts you to a book? The cover, the blurb, or the recommendation from others? Eh, I'm not really a cover whore. Um, I, it, the blurb, but I, I like recommendations also. I'll be honest with you. There's just like some authors that I'll read no matter what. Like Same. Just, I could just, it, it, that, when I'm in a funk, I'll go to those authors and be like, all right, well, when's your next release? What's happening here? Why, why we have this gap? What's going on? <laughs> Where are the books? What, what, what are you doing? <laughs> I love that. All right, now you can I, ask. I, I do like recommendations though. I found some great books through recommendations. Well, I'm about to give you but some. Really, I'm not really one for the covers. I, I could care, care less. All right. MJ and I are cover whores, but we're oh, also man. like, but see, the thing is, I'll read any book. I don't really, like, I'll read any book. Like, a cover won't turn me off of a book. However, yes, exactly. Yeah, however, if I love that cover, I'm buying it in paperback. But would you be disappointed if you loved that cover and the book didn't sell? The words, uh, like, that, that bothers so, me. I would be so upset, and I'd still when you're hyped up for the cover, the and then you open up the book, and I'm like, what the fuck is this? I know, right? This is not what I was expecting. No, this is too nice. For real. Okay, so she likes dark. Mm-hmm. I do. Okay, I got this shit unlocked. Keep going. So what are some of your favorite authors to read? Hands down, first on the list always is Kristen Ashley. Oh, I love I Kristen Ashley. Oh, play, I got you. I got you. I got you. I've read everything that she wrote, so you can't give me Girl, it. I, I mean, you. I've even tried to get into the paranormal stuff. That's stuff I can't, I really can't get into that. No matter how hard I try, no matter who oh. writes it, when a fucking vampire is when a when a werewolf is becoming a man, I'm just like, what? No, you know. <laughs> All right. Okay. Look at people in things. No. Let me take notes here. Okay. Um, oh, I do love. <laughs> I do love Vi and uh, Vi and Keelan. Do you hear me? Vi and Penelope. Yeah. Oh, we love. Completely different than what I usually go for too, because they're like. Um, office romance and stuff like that like they have like all those tropes and stuff but I was so honored to be able to write in uh the cocky hero club yeah and I actually reviewed cocky cocky jerk yeah that book fucking killed me because I was so obsessed because I wanted I knew that their readers were going to you know my readers were going to read it because it's a new book and we don't know when another one's coming, right? So they're gonna read it. But their audience, I wanted to capture their audience too and stay true to their characters. I obsessed over that book so badly. That was and actually a really good book and I reviewed it. I was actually one of the reviewers for that book. Oh, I loved Marco. At the, in the end, I loved the book. I really did. I really enjoyed writing in their worlds and everything. And I even contemplated writing another book for that world, but... Um, I really did. I oh, I obsess. I second guess myself as a writer. That was a lot of pressure for me. I hate when I do that. Another ball in the air juggling that I didn't, I don't know if I caught that one or not. Okay, so you like dark romance that is realistic. 
I like dark romance that's realistic, but I really, truly, and I don't feel there's enough of them. Like I said before, I like the older couple. I like the mature couple much more than like the, the only like the new adults that I always go to is LJ Shen. Okay. I like, I like, cause they're, they're dark. Some of those books Yeah. and her character, like her heroes are usually jerk offs and I love a jerk off. Give me, give me a jerk off any time of the day. I'll take one. But I really don't like, I love Kristen Ashley because she always has a lot of her characters are in their thirties and forties and there's no games. And I love that. Okay. So if you could find me some of those, Girl, you just got yourself a new best friend. I'll send be you a careful. whole box of cannolis. Be careful what you what you wish for because by the end of this, she'll guess your um. Already got it. <laughs> so, anywho, what? all right. So I have okay because okay. So this is the thing. I personally, I mean, I do like reading mature couples. However, that's not like what like I end up falling upon. But have you ever read Gianna Darling? No. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I think I have recently what is, is it? that the walking dead book well uh, yeah with dead men walking dead men okay so yes i've read i read and i loved i loved inked inked and lies that's the one i loved okay i did not read the one with the age gap you didn't read welcome to the dark side you did not read daddy zeus no and the reason why is because of what you just said Daddy Zeus? Yes. Why? You don't like daddy? No. She never calls him that. Us readers. Are you sure? Because I, I swear. I've reread that. Listen to me. Listen to me. I have reread that book religiously at least eight times. She okay. does not call him daddy in there. We readers call him daddy. Okay. So see, that was the big thing for me. That's why yeah. I didn't pick that. I read all out of order. I read the other guy with the long, there was another guy, the dead, the walking dead, the dead man walking. I read that one too. Yeah. Yes. I can't, when I saw, when I was looking at reviews and I saw daddy, I'm like, what? No, 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 no. no. So we don't, no, no, no. Uh, She never, uh, Lulu that never calls him daddy. It's not like a kink thing for them. However, he is a dad and us as readers where he's the oldest, we all call him daddy Zeus because. Uh, I'm glad you told me that because now I will go read that. I was really wanted to read the story. It's my favorite, it's a 10 out of 10, and I think it's everybody's favorite of the entire series. I've seen that. I've, I've read the reviews and stuff because <laughs> that's what I was going to go read that book. Zeus and, and that's Luke. the first book in the series, right? No. No? He's uh, in Corruption is. Zeus's son, King, his is the first book because he ends up with a teacher. <laughs> yeah. Now, like I said, Zeus is my favorite all time. There's not a single individual. I mean, Priest was there. Priest was there. But Zeus is there's just something about him. There's a scene you'll read where they're in the strip club. Nothing will ever top that scene. And it's not, it's a sex scene. And it's not even that it's like the hottest thing I've ever read. It's just because his character is so attractive and she modeled him after Jace Momoa. Okay. So you have to read that. You sold me. So there you go. You're welcome. You have to read that. Um, okay. And then, huh? I'm reading it tonight. Yes. And then you got to tell me what you think. I definitely will. Okay. Now you ask another question, Stevie, and I will, I'm continuing on brewing on what else I can recommend her because she likes mature stuff. 
Okay. Do you prefer e-reader or physical copies? I never, I never have a physical copy. It's always, I always, I read on my phone half the time. That's why I'm blind. I can't see. <laughs> I'm squinting now half the time. My father took me out yesterday for Mother's Day. We went out to dinner for breakfast. He goes, mm-hmm. why are you squinting? I'm like, I have no idea. I can't see. You're a big blur. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Oh my God. You're a big blur. But it's, uh, I read on my phone or whatever device is charged. <laughs> whatever device is charged. Um... So you read you on your iPad? That's usually never charged because my children take it from me when theirs dies. Okay. So most of the time, 90% of the time, I'm reading on my phone. All right, cool. All right. I mean, I like to, I read on my phone all the time too. And if I like the cover, I'll buy it because. What about audiobooks? Do you guys do audiobooks? Yeah, but the voice has to be right or I'm not fucking reading it. Yeah, that's a big thing for me too. And- so particular about it that it's not even worth having an audible thing at this point because I can literally count on like one hand the audiobooks that I've enjoyed. Mm-hmm. Same. So, yeah, I'm the same way with that. That's the thing. I'm just super, and it's like not nothing against like I mean some people just love audiobooks and that's fine. It's just not my thing because like my care the characters have like their own voices in their head and it does not sound like what you are trying to tell me he sounds like. So it's like, no, thank you. No, thank you. When we, when we did the audio for Cocky Jerk, I, um, they asked me, you know, is there anything specific? I'm like, yeah, he has to, he has to have a New York accent. He, he can't, he can't sound like he's from the South talking like he is. I mean, he's taking us to the 18th Avenue feast. Yeah. And when they sent me back the, the thing, the, what is it called? the excerpt or whatever you know that he did it he was on point i don't know who he was i had never heard of him before but he nailed the new york accent perfectly okay so another recommendation i have have you read the devil's night series by penelope douglas no fuck (laughs) okay so i don't think that that's the one that birthday girl Okay, yeah, she did write Birthday Girl, but it's not- Yeah, a I love series. that. Oh, you love the old oh, girl. Okay, so listen to me. Listen to the words that are coming out of my mouth, okay? I don't think, the reason I haven't recommended Saffron Kent is because where you do like a little bit more mature characters, all of her female characters are younger. And so I don't think that you would, I don't think you would like them. I mean, I just, I just don't think that that would be your vibe. But Penelope Douglas, on the other hand, the Devil's Night series is- it's iconic in the dark romance world. It's literally iconic. And it, each book is a standalone. There's four books, Corrupt, Hideaway, Kill Switch, Nightfall. Each book is their own, is an, uh, their own couple. So there's like a boy in each one. Okay. And it, it's the same. It's like a spans over the same storyline. Like it's got such an amazing storyline, like a thriller kind of like mystery vibe that you have to follow along with. And the men, holy mother of God are the hottest so, things I've read. So Smoke. I've seen a lot of that, actually. Both of them, actually. Gianna Darling, that's how I even uh, found the other two books that I read, and Penelope Douglas on TikTok. They're, they're, they're trending on the spicy talk. Because Penelope Douglas's Devil's Night series, I'm telling you, I will live and die by that. I will say that I, like if Penelope Douglas ever listens to this, she's going to hate me, but I don't even care. I don't like the fourth book in the Devil's Night series, but one, two, and three are like, Chef kisses. Now, if you say it's a dark romance, what is the like trope? Is it like mafia? Or- no. So basically, I'll give you like a short premise. Basically, what happens is 
in Corrupts, there's this girl named Erica, and there are these four guys, Michael, Kai, Damon, and Will Grayson third. And basically, they all went to school together. The boys are older than Erica, though, and Erica is dating Michael's younger brother, Trevor, and that's how they all know each other. Now, Rika, Erica, has always had, like, a small crush on Michael, like, watching him, but he's, like, super, like, they're all, like, crazy rich, mind you, also, like, insanely rich, and Michael and his friends participate in this thing called Devil's Night, and they're, what they're, they're, like, the town calls them the Four Horsemen, and on the night before Halloween, they wear these masks, and they go out, and they, like, basically terrorize the town, like, they set fires, they do all of this shit, bro, and nobody can ever pin it on them because they're the wealthy, they're the most loved, wealthiest people on the East Coast. One second, I have to pull. Do that, right? And they take Erica one time and some, I'm not gonna spoil it for you if you read it. Shit hits the fan and basically three of the four go to jail that night and spend like three years in jail and they blame it on Erica because they think that she did something. I'm not gonna tell you what it is, but they think that she did something. And when they get out, they're now coming for her. And so like, that's what they, I mean by dark romance. Like they, they- Gotcha. So wait, but I'm gonna read the other one first because I, I, I kind of know who those people are and I <laughs> skipped over them. But you think I should read the, the son first before I read Zeus? Daddy? No, read Zeus. Read, read don't, Zeus. don't. Don't wait. Don't wait for Zeus. Read okay. Zeus and then you can bring King. Read King. But see, she also has Lessons in Corruption, which is King and Christ's story. And then she has After the Fall, which is also, uh, it's like a duo for King and Chris. So okay. After the Fall is also about King and Chris, but there's some other shit that happens, but you'll figure out in, uh, and then you got to read, like, oh my God, and then you got to read Good Gone Bad, which is Zeus's daughter, Harley Rose, and the police officer, Danner. Oh my God. Yeah. I've read completely out of order, huh? Yes. Yes. You have to read those. Okay. Well, okay. now you can miss me. Okay. You're welcome. See, somebody <laughs> pay me. Anyways, moving forward. Stevie, do you have another question on these? No, but I'm waiting for you to guess her astrological sign next. Uh, it's a zodiac sign. Whatever. Um, Can we wait till the end? Go ahead. You go ahead. I go mean, ahead. I think I, I've narrowed it down to two. Probe question. <laughs> Okay, we're going to enter our favorite portion of the podcast, which is trope questions, okay? So, what is your favorite? Wait, you're not guessing my, zo my zodiac sign? I will in a second. I have two. Um, I've narrowed it down to two, but I need to. I I'm very intrigued. I'm so, very... oh, God, I'm oh, nervous. I'll make her, she, she recently did our past life readings. Oh, get oh. the hell out of here, really? Yeah, she does tarot and everything, and we've discovered that I was a man in a past life. I'm a very spiritual person. That's that's all I'm gonna say. Um, so I'm more than what, and you're more than happy to. I'm more than happy to do a read for you if you ever want one, if it doesn't freak you out or anything like that. But anywho, yeah, and I'm also going on a podcast with a lady who interviews people like that, and I'm doing a past leave for her read for her, which is insane. But my, anyways, moving forward, what is your favorite? What I'm dying to do a medium. Me too. Uh, that's <laughs> my aunt, that's my aunt Lala, not me. But I'd get you in contact with Aunt Lala. Just do a podcast on that, man. I'm all in. <laughs> all right. So what is your favorite trope to write and why? Um, I don't really have a favorite. It's not like I, 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 I do like the older guy. So we'll go with that. Not just, the, you know, the age gap. I like that. 
probably because I'm into it myself. <laughs> um, okay, Stevie, you take the next one. Um, what is one trope you would eventually like to write and why? Um, I think I'd like to do, well, I think I'd like to do medical, like a medical romance. Ooh, like a doctor? Or, yes, I think oh. I'd like to do that. That's something I've never done before. I've always wanted to, okay, this is just like a theory I have. Like I wanted to write an MC book, just one. And I wanted the, 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 like the hero to like come in and she's like a nurse or something. He has like a gash on him and he calls her stitch because she like stitches him up. That's like, like, that's literally all I have. But it's impossible to write just one because they're going to find all the brothers. They're going to read about brothers and they're going to want to know all their stories too. Exactly. And that's why I haven't done it. So if anybody wants to use that, take (laughs) it, take it. I have 9,000 ideas. Right. That's fun. Um, so what is one trope that you'll never write and why? Paranormal. I get it. Man, damn it. I love some paranormal romance. I, I can't get, I just, I wouldn't, I wouldn't even know where to start with that. I'm not into the shifters, but I do love a good vampire and not Twilight. I'm talking like J.R. Ward vampire. It's funny. I, I sprint at night with the girls from Australia. So Chloe Ren and Fiona Jajor. Yeah. I think I had the name wrong. I probably did. But uh, we'll be in a group chat and we'll be, you know, sprinting and then they'll be talking about their, um, so they, we did this thing where um, after 30 minutes, you have to share one of the lines that you wrote during the sprint yeah. that sticks out to you the most. And they, they write both, like Colby Ren, she writes paranormal, but she also writes MC. Mm-hmm. And I've seen some of the, and there's, the stuff is great. But then there was another thing like, um, she, I think Fiona was writing about vampires and stuff, and I forgot the term that she used. I'm like, what the fuck is that? Shifter? No, it wasn't a shifter. It had something to do with, uh, I don't, I really don't know, sorcery or something. I don't know what it was. <laughs> <laughs> Some sort of magical nonsense. I have no idea. And I'm like, oh, really? And like, I would never know where to even begin with any of that. Like, she said a word, and, and she's talking about, like, how they need this. Like, this is important. Like, every story has one. You know how, like, we have a hero, uh, a hero and heroine? Yeah. She was naming one of somebody, a person, the book. And I'm like, what? <laughs> what are you talking about? What is this thing? And she's like, no, it's a character. I'm like, it's supposed to be a character. Or you invented it. What happened? <laughs> okay. So I, I couldn't do that. I wouldn't even know where to start. It's okay. I mean, not a lot of people... I mean, it's not everybody's jam. I like it. It's my jam and jelly. I enjoy paranormal romance. Um, Stevie, however, is going to take the last question, and then I'm going to guess your te- your uh, zodiac sign. Okay, I'm excited for that. Okay. <laughs> if you were in a book, what trope would you want for your story? Well, the oh, I, you forgot a very important question. What is it? Okay, <laughs> go back. Going back, what did we forget? Okay, what? was your inspiration for Holly and Maverick. Oh yeah, we did forget that. That is Stevie's fault. No, I think we just answered it half of it in another question, which is what- Ma'am, go ahead. This is me. Go ahead, ma'am. This is me. And this is my husband. Oh! I love, okay, the tea is hot today, ladies and gents. The tea is hot. That would be, I already wrote it, so I don't even have to answer the question. We got the another question of you know, What trope would you want for your story? This is the book. It's written. Oh my God. Okay. Good answer. 
It's like Jenna Hartley all over again. I know, right? Okay, so your zodiac sign. Okay, I need you to ask me. I need you to. I need you to be honest when I ask you this question. Okay, honest. Okay, don't just go with what you think society would tell you to say. Got the wrong girl for that. If you could have infinity of wealth, health, or love, what would you select? Wealth. Okay. All right. I think that you are. Oh my god! It's between these two, and I'm nervous. And they're so similar. Are you? Have you ever gotten one wrong? Yeah, I've gotten one wrong. Um, I want to. I okay. I'm gonna go with my gut, and I'm gonna say that you are a Sagittarius. No. What are you? Pisces. Son of a whore. Was that the second? A whore. Yes. Son of a freaking whore. I was like, she is either a water sign or a fire sign. But then you threw me off with your money answer. And I was like, oh, but I mean, that's an earth answer. Earth people give that answer. And I was like, so maybe she's closer to the earth. I mean, today it would be money. Today it tomorrow it might be health. You know, depending on what's funny. She gave it away. Pisces. She gave her birthday away early on in the episode because. I, she- I knew that she said it was. I did. I knew that you already had turned 30, you know, however old, and I don't want to out you, but I, or whatever, I knew that he had already turned, so I was, like, thinking of somewhere soon, and Sagittarius is December, so I was thinking somewhere in there. She said that we went into lockdown on her birthday. Oh. March 11th. Which was March. You're not even a cusp either. You're like in the middle. I wonder what your moon is in. I bet your moon is in an earth sign. How did we figure that out? I'll send you a link. Okay. I'll send you a link and you can fill it out. No, I mean Pisces. Pisces, Pisces like me. Stevie's. When's your birthday? February twenty second. Ah, see, yes. Stevie's a Pisces, but see, you're giving me like. See, but see, Stevie, I love you, Stevie. I love you very much. You know that. You're just giving me like stronger water sign, though. Are you? Emo- you're not an emotional person, are you? Are you emotional? I can be. You're just giving me this very strong exterior, which was why I was feeling very Sagittarius-y. Well, I, I, I have a very strong personality. I do have- but you were giving me a very strong exterior. Like if somebody was to like come at you with like- I'd kill them. Face, <laughs> you would punch them back, you know? I'd so I was like, that's fire sign energy. Is it really? Hold on, I'm pulling up the website. I'm a Leo. We're going to find this out. No, so, I definitely I like- have a very strong personality. I definitely will cut a bitch that comes after me. Um- so I'm a plateau of stuff. When you well, see, that's the thing is that, okay. So this is I'm gonna say this one thing, and then we're gonna let you talk about yourself a little bit longer, and then we're gonna end the podcast. <laughs> but I will say this for everybody listening: like, obviously, you can believe what you want to believe, whatever. Don't believe in the zodiac. Believe in the zodiac. I don't really care. My thing is, is a lot of people are like, oh, like you can't just be like say that somebody's a Sagittarius, and then all of these traits are similar, right? And it's like I get that. However, you're not really made up of just one zodiac sign you're made up of like 17 like you're well whenever i see like those you know um i don't want to say they're memes i don't know what they are where it tells you like your daily zodiac kind of but it says like a pisces is this and a pisces is that it's always like been really spot on like mm-hmm. very independent yeah that that's uh a, an attribute i've always seen yeah and i mean like the thing is though is that you're made up of like different ones like your zodiac signs are literally a screenshot of what the sky looked like when you were born. 
So Saturn is in certain, is in a certain zodiac sign. Venus is in another zodiac sign. If you want your birth chart broken down, I'll be able to tell you all of you those. Just things. that for us. Just send it to me. Um, Get out of here, man. This is I find this very interesting. Now I did that. I'm doing that thing too. That DNA thing. Watch I'm not Italian. I'll be heartbroken. I feel like an imposter. <laughs> an imposter. <laughs> no, Matt, I'm Swedish or something. Oh my god. <laughs> I'm gonna yeah. have to change my meatball recipe. You're actually made up of multiple different zodiac signs that influence different things about you. So, like, um, you're like sad, like Venus, for example. Venus is how you are in a relationship, what you attract, and how you attract other people. Uh, Saturn is like your uh, core values, like your structure and your disciplines. So, like, depending on what that is, like, if your Saturn is in Cancer, you don't have fucking structure at all. So it's like. You're made up of different things. So that's I wonder what I'm made up of. Can you tell me? Yeah, I'll send you the link and you can do your birth chart and then I'll break it down for you and I'll tell you all the cool things about yourself. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so, but you know, that's the reason I thought you were Sagittarius is because you were giving me very like strong, or like a Scorpio. So your your sun might be in, your moon might be in Scorpio or in Sagittarius because you're just giving me very like hard exterior, like I wouldn't want to fight you kind of vibes. <laughs> and Pisces are all, are not like that. Any Pisces I've ever met, Stevie, who is below, above me, is very warm and welcoming people. And it's not that you're not warm and welcoming. It's not that you're warm and welcoming. It's just that you- Give good hug. I, I understand that. And it's probably when you get to know you that you give a good hug. However, if I saw you angry, I am not going to fight you. I'll tell you a story though. I used to work in a tanning salon, right? Oh, That's, I did. I was like the typical snooky. Okay, big bouffants, <laughs> orange, you know. What's your number? And my biggest complaint always was that I didn't look approachable. It's I gave new meaning to rusting bitch face. Yeah. And you give a very hard exterior, which is not a bad thing. I do the same thing when people, when I don't talk and like when people don't know me and it's a fire sign trait that you're not approachable or Scorpio trait, but it just depends. So I sent you, I sent you the birth chart, take it and send it back to me send me a screenshot i need to see like the picture itself and then i need to see where your planets are and then i'll break it down and tell you by yourself however uh that's enough of mj's hidden magical talent i got it wrong again fuck i'm so mad <laughs> anyways um yeah so we give this portion to you for you to talk about if you have a book coming up or a, like a sale going on so pimp yourself out this is the floor is yours for however long you'd like I lost my book. Um, <laughs> I lost my book. Everybody go buy tickets. I had a book with a date written on it. With I have a sale. <laughs> I was so fucking organized until the end. I had to go blow it up and shit. Um, the Tempted series, which is the, the collector's box bundle, is going to be on sale, I think, May 19th for 99 cents. So you could get the first six books in the Tempted series for 99 cents and then you'll get to meet Jack Parrish and become property of Parrish. That brings you into the Satan's Nights and you'll learn about Jack, Blackie, Riggs. Riggs is like everyone's favorite. I don't, I love everyone that. loves Riggs. Mm -hmm. So there's that sale. I have a um, Love is Blind is up for pre-order right now. We just released um, the Elites box set, the anthology of that mm -hmm. 
Uh, so that's going to be today's, I think the last day for it to be 99 cents, that's going to go up to 499. Yep. And uh, I think that's really it. And then um, I'm going to talk to you about tempted and tantalizing because everybody wants to get the fuck out of the house, right? Yeah. Ain't nobody wants to stay in the house no more. So uh, we have the green light to put on the biggest and baddest book signing post COVID. Um, and it's in Staten Island. It's going to be four days. It's from October 21st to the 24th. It's um, the first, well, Thursday is supposed to be a private signing experience with Chloe Wren and the cast of the Silky Ink series that she's writing. Mm-hmm. But uh, depending on travel restrictions, she's from Australia. So we're not really sure if that's going to be 100% for a go right now. But then Friday night is a night with the nights. And I rent a bus. And I take my readers on uh, away from the hotel to the clubhouse, which is Big Nose Kate's. And we party with the Satan's Nights. And then Saturday and Sunday, there'll be 100 authors at the Hilton in Staten Island. And it is a grand old time. So I am so happy that we can do it again this year and bring it back because it was a rough, it was rough without it. It was really <laughs> okay. rough postponing that and all the moving parts to it and so i'm very excited about that tickets are on sale the general there's general admission right now left for both uh both days of the main signing and you could go to tntnyc.net for more details on that um other than that i also uh own the badass book box i don't know if you guys have heard of that yep and that's a subscription service that deals with bad boys so uh again another trope i really do enjoy (laughs) and uh there's several different authors uh the boxes there's like four boxes a year but there's also a shop there and on the website it's badassbookbox.com and it's more about uh being an empowering women too so it's 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 you know you get books and you get someone telling you you're a badass every day so it's, uh, that's been another adventure of mine for the last two years. And it's really been very successful. And I love being able to introduce new authors to readers. So that's uh, another thing that I do. But other than I'm books. Upset. What? I'm obsessed. Okay. Thank you so much for joining us. This has been so amazing. You're such a lovely person. And we hope that you have a fantastic night. Thank you. I'm going to go read. 